How's everybody's uh, habit tracker situation going? It's going uh, good. It's going good? Yes. About half of you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. Nope, I Half of the ones that should know what I'm talking about don't know what I'm talking about. I'm looking at you, Hallie. You know what I'm talking about? How's it going? It's not going? Nice. I have more, so don't worry. You can restart it, yeah. Does anybody want any? Do you have one of these? Are you doing it? Yeah? I'll explain it in a second. Do you want one? I can, yeah, that would be great. Do you have one of these? Are you using it? Huh? You don't have one of these. You want one of these? You weren't here when we did these. Liar. Do you want another one? You still have yours? Okay, so for those of you guys who weren't here for this or have forgotten, the goal is, uh, I think actually the, the, the thing I've always heard is that it takes like six weeks to make a habit. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's true or not. But it takes some time. You know, like you have to do something repeatedly over a period of time in order to kind of get it into your daily routine. So I gave you a 30-day tracker just so you could kind of track. Pick, you're supposed to pick a goal or something that you want to try to implement, something spiritual in nature. So like reading your Bible or praying or you want to share the gospel with a friend. You want to, uh, I don't know, you know, do something for the Lord and your relationship with the Lord. And the goal, the plan was, or the idea was that you would set that as your goal right on the top or just know what it is. And then each day that you do it, you color in the number spot. Are you guys all right all back there? That back row, except for Juju, is like struggling, yeah. So you're supposed to, you're supposed to color in the day. Uh, so we started on the 1st of September, so you could color in the 1st all the way to the 30th. But if you're starting today, that's fine. You can start with the 13th or you can start with the 1st. It doesn't really matter. The goal is just to like give you something that you can visualize and see and like maybe that's a reminder to help you remember to do the thing that you decided you would try to do. Um, that's kind of the goal behind it. So uh, does anybody want to share what they are tracking with theirs? Oh, we can choose? Yeah. I mean, it's, we're choosing spiritual things. What did you just ask me? I just explained it. The last three minutes was me explaining what it was. You weren't listening because you were laughing with Hallie. Yeah. yeah. One to three prayers a day and working out. Okay. How's it going so far? Yeah. Have you have you prayed Have you prayed one to three times every day like you're trying to do? Okay. It depends on what you're doing. All right, is anybody else doing it? We do arms on Monday. It's not about the workout. It's not about the workout. Anybody else doing anything that they want to share on their habit tracker? Now, what are you doing for yours? What are you doing? Huh? Doing life. I 
That's something. Anybody else have something they want to share? Claire? Do you want to share, Claire? No? Have you been doing the habit tracker thing? You've been here. Oh, you were here for sure. Oh, yeah, you were. Claire. Katrina definitely wasn't here. Oh, Brenda's going to check. That's true. It was two weeks ago I handed it out. It was it was August it was August thirtieth. Oh, I was here. Oh, Claire was here. Oh, look at that! I knew it. All right. Anyways, this is not meant to like guilt guilt trip anybody. August thirtieth is when I gave it out. Yes. Huh? We already started. Yes. It's October twenty first. October 21st. There's a sign-up sheet in the lobby right now to sign, to sign up for booths and there's information about the Harvest Party. It's on the 21st. Okay. Okay, so the point of the Habit Tracker was not to, or me asking you about it, is not to like embarrass you or make you share your thing. If you don't want to, you don't have to, but... Uh, the goal is just to set the habit. It's to set a habit. For 30 days, do the same thing. Spiritually, spiritual in nature. Read your Bible, pray, share the gospel with somebody. Whatever other thing you want to try to do better at in your walk with the Lord, you do that. And then each day you do it, you color in the day that you did it. You can color it in different colors. You can make it pretty and cute and fun. You can color it in the same color. You can just draw an X through that day if you want. It doesn't really matter. It's just a visual representation of trying to keep track of what you've done. And then spiritual in nature. Not like I want to play three hours of video games today and I did that so I can color in my square. Not something like that, but like something along the lines of reading your Bible or praying or that kind of thing. So mine is very, it's not like, because you're doing 30 minutes of prayer a day, right? Yes. So if I do something like that that's more rigid than like if I fall asleep while I'm praying or don't hit my goals and I'll give up. Um, so mine is just each day I'm either praying with someone when I get a chance to or praying for someone or something that I don't usually pray for. So like remembering to pray for prayer requests that I always forget about or you know, so I try to do a different thing each day or pray with somebody or something So do you guys know Mike Van Horn? He's been here before. Uh, he's the guy that talks about the gospel guns. Have you guys ever heard of that? He's a guy. He's like a... He's not really a missionary, but he's kind of a missionary. Shh. He's really an evangelist. He likes... His whole thing is sharing the gospel, getting the gospel out. Uh, he distributes Bibles a lot. So he's been here, I don't know, four or five times probably. But uh, I had to call him... This has been like maybe two or three weeks ago. I had to call him for something. And uh, I was talking to him on the phone, and we talked about whatever we were talking about. And then at the end, I was like, all right, you know, thanks, Mike. Talk to you later. Guys, pay attention. I was like, you know, I'll talk to you later, whatever. And then he goes, hey, before we get off the phone, can I pray with you? And I'm like, sure, yes, let's, let's do that. And so he just prayed like, I don't know, maybe a 30-second, 45-second prayer. It wasn't a super long prayer, but 
if you know Mike, that's just kind of the person that he is. Like he's that. Like it kind of caught me off guard because not very often when you're on the phone with somebody, does, do they ask you like, hey, before we hang up, can I pray with you? But I just thought it was cool that he did that. And I, I really don't talk on the phone very often. Um, if I'm talking on the phone, it's usually to Brenda. Or it's here at the church, like I'm answering the phone call or the phone that when it rings at the church. But otherwise, I don't really talk on the phone a lot. But I don't know. I just thought it was kind of cool that he did that. So like her talk, her saying, you know, finding someone to pray with each day. Um, I know she's prayed with like at least one or two different patients at the hospital. You know, like, hey, can I pray with you before you go into your procedure? Something or they ask for, uh, hey, can you pray for me? And she's like, well, let's just pray right now. So just looking for opportunities to. I mean, that's not really like even sharing your faith. That's not even. Like a, I mean, it is a little bit scary, but it's not like, hey, let me sit down for 30 minutes and open the Bible and tell you about Jesus and how you can know him as your Lord and Savior. I mean, it's not like that kind of a high intimidation factor. It's just, I mean, lots of people know about prayer, understand prayer. Like people, even that aren't saved, get that, oh, yeah, can you pray for me about this thing? It's just a way to like kind of, um, a, like a little bit of a way to open the door. If you were to do that with like somebody at work or at school or maybe somebody who doesn't know that you're a Christian, if you, you know, ask them if there's something that you could pray for them about, or you, uh, you know, even if you just like in the lunchroom at school, I know it's weird, but just pray over your food. Like close your eyes and pray, even if it's for like 15 seconds or 10 seconds. People might look at you weird. I get it. Um, but that's just, that's like one small thing that you can do. If you can't like, you know, close your head or close your eyes, close your head, yeah, close your if you can't close your eyes and bow your head and pray for 15 seconds for your food, uh, you know, then that's not that difficult is what I'm saying. And people might look at you weird, but like, that's just an easy way to, for people to know, hey, that's kind of weird that that person's doing that. But that's the kind of stuff that people will file away. My dad, if you ask him um, how he got saved, uh, it was a guy named Royal Sloggenbush who goes to this church. Uh, some of you guys might know him. And... Uh, yeah, uh, it's his grandpa. It's Ethan's grandpa. Yes. Um, but anyway, he was at the... Were you, at, you were at King's Mighty Men, weren't you? No, you weren't at King's Mighty Men. Never mind. He was at King's Mighty Men. Anyways, him and my dad worked together, not like together in the same office or anything, but they worked at the same company. And so he would see that. My dad would see this guy, Royal, praying over his lunch every day in the cafeteria. And so there came a time where my dad was... There was like a rough like series of events in his life and I don't know what all the events were but one night it kind of all culminated it was a, like a kind of a rough night and he called Royal at like 10 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night and he's like hey can I come to your house I, like I'm, de- I'm going through some stuff and so Royal's like yeah come on over we lived in Raymore Royal still lives uh, in Peculiar and so my dad goes to his house and he sits down with him and, and uh, prays to get saved that night so Royal was the one who led my dad to the Lord and uh I'm not saying it was just because Royal prayed over his food at, at work, but that was one of the things that my dad noticed. So my dad kind of grew up in a in a church. It wasn't, you know, a like-minded church with us. They didn't uh, teach a lot of the same things, but he, he did grow up in a church. So he was familiar with some of the concepts around prayer and, and the Bible and things like that. But seeing that guy, seeing Royal praying over his, his lunch at work was one of the things that my dad just kind of noted and just filed away. Like, hey, that guy... Uh, he's serious about the Lord, at least, because he's praying over... I mean, he doesn't care what other people are thinking or, or who's looking at him while he's doing this. Uh, he's not praying for other people. He's praying uh, for God. And so that was one of the things that kind of drew my dad to Royal. And so they had a Bible study for a while at, at their work, and a lot of things came from that. But um, I'm just saying, 
pick it, pick something. Pick pick however small or however big you want it to be. Uh, but yeah, praying for somebody or praying with somebody, that's a good um, it's a good thing. So for those of you guys who are doing it, has it been harder than you thought it would be? This is mainly, I guess, for Lucas and Elizabeth and Juju. Is it harder than you guys thought it would be? Is it easier? Is it just whatever? It's just part of your routine now. You don't really think about it. Are you indifferent? Okay. That's good. No, not necessarily. I mean, whatever time works good for you. But it depends on what your thing is. Like, like if Brenda's thing is... Like... Yeah, that would be another one is like memorizing a verse. Hey, go throw that away, Bryce, before you cut your hand open. Uh, yeah, memorizing memorizing scripture. Yeah, if you pick like a verse, I mean, even if you picked a verse a week and you were just working on that one verse every day and that was your thing, maybe you work on it like while you're brushing your teeth or while you're on the way to school or yeah, whatever, like you can work on that verse, you know, for two minutes a day. And by the end of the week, you're going to have that verse memorized because you said it, you know, 500 times in your head. So um, anyway, so it doesn't matter exactly what time it is, but if a certain time works better for you, then that's great. But so like Brenda's praying with somebody, you know, she's not always going to be with somebody at the same time every day. So it's not going to be as easy to do that. So it kind of depends on what your thing that you pick is, but um, okay. Turn, get your Bibles. If you don't have one, grab one. Turn to Revelation chapter 1. So, I'm reading, uh, guys, I'm reading through Revelation right now. So, this is kind of a devotional thought that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, Alright, who knows, who knows what's happening in the book of Revelation? Like, how does the book start out? What's going on at the beginning? Yeah, it is a it is a end times type of book. What's happening at the beginning of the book of Revelation? Anybody know? Revelation is like the crazy book that all kinds of weird stuff happens. We talked a little bit about it. I don't remember when that was. On Sunday or maybe last week sometime. I don't remember. Who wrote the book of Revelation? Huh? Not Peter. Not Paul. John, yes, good job. Yes, he was on an island in jail when he wrote it. That's a good good memory. Uh, all right, so Revelation chapter 1. Huh? Yes, Jesus is coming back. That's what we're going to talk about tonight a little bit, actually. Uh, briefly, anyways. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is what's happening. All right, so look at uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse uh, 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation... And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos. That's the island that you were talking about, Hallie. Uh, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Okay, so uh, just briefly without spending too much time on it because we only have about 15 minutes. Uh, he's in jail and in a spiritual sense, he was taken not physically from the jail cell. His body was still there, but he's, he's transported. He's uh, not transported. What's the word? Uh, no, it's not teleported. Maybe transported is the right word. Anyways, he's transported 
into the future, into things that still haven't happened yet. So this is happening. He's in jail like... It's not teleported. Translated. Translated. That's a better word. Yes, thank you. Uh, okay, so he, this is happening like in the first century. So like zero to 100. I think it's like in the, in the 60 AD, 70 AD, 80 AD, somewhere in there. Okay, so this is happening almost 2,000 years ago. But he's translated. He's taken forward in time to something that still hasn't happened yet. So it could be a day from now. It could be a year from now. It could be 20 years from now. I don't know. It could be 100 years from now. But he was taken from about 2,000 years ago through time to the future. Okay, and I know that sounds weird. The book of Revelation is a little bit weird, but uh, just follow me because it says, so he was in this isle called Patmos. That's isle, isle is another word for like island. Uh, in a place called Patmos. And then all of a sudden in verse 10, it says he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So again, his body was still in jail in Pat, on Patmos, but he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind him a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega. If you have a red letter Bible, this is in red. This is Jesus talking. Uh, the first and the last and what thou seest write in a book and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamos and unto Thyatira and unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me and being turned saw seven golden candlesticks. And he goes on and explains basically what he is seeing. Okay. So Jesus, he, he transports him or translates him or teleports him or time travels him, whatever you want to call, uh, into heaven, he's in heaven, and Jesus is there talking to him and says, hey, all the things that you're about to see, I want you to write those down in a book, and I want you to send them to these seven churches. And he gives them uh, these seven uh, churches. All right, and then he goes on and talks a little bit more. But then in chapter 2, he gives him some specific direction on what he wants him to say to each of the churches, right? So like Genesis, or Genesis, Revelation 2.1 says, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know they works. And he goes on. So I want you to tell the church that's at Ephesus, I want you to tell them this. The church that's at verse 8 uh, in Smyrna, I want you to tell them this. The church in Pergamos, verse 12, I want you to tell them this. And then in 18, it's tell the church in Thyatira this. And then in chapter 3, verse 1, tell the church in Sardis this. Verse 7 of chapter 3, tell the church in Philadelphia this. And then all the way down in uh, chapter 3, verse 14, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness and beginning of the creation of God. Okay, so we're, we are, we're in 2023. We're reading something that was written roughly 2,000 years ago. And he's writing about something that's happening in a, in a time that hasn't come yet. So I don't know when exactly, but he's writing about something that's not only future for him, but future even still for us now that has not happened yet. And uh, the cool thing, though, is like, so these seven churches are literal churches, right? So if he was to take somebody today and say, hey, I want you to write to these seven churches, the one in Overland Park, the one in Lee Summit, the one in Liberty, the one in Harrisonville, right? He would name off. These are just seven cities um, in Asia. These are real places that had real churches they had real like Christians that were meeting regularly. These were actual literal churches that he was supposed to write this to and tell them what, what he was seeing and tell them what, what uh, Jesus was telling him uh, to say. But in addition to the fact that they are literal or they were literal churches, they're also uh, like they are also talking about church ages. 
And uh, I'm not going to get into a lot about that tonight because it's not really part of what I'm talking about or, or what I'm teaching on. But uh, have you guys heard like the word Laodicea? You guys know that word? Church church people probably have heard the word. No? Yes? Yes? Have you heard of the Laodiceans? No. No? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, what is, what, is, what does it mean? What is it talking about, Laodicea? You just said we are Laodiceans. Huh? It's the last church age. Yes. It is the one that we are currently in. So... Uh, we talk about it a lot and we'll say, you know, like this is the church age of Laodicea or we're living in Laodicea. Okay, Laodicea was a real city uh, in Asia. So we're not like literally living in a city called Laodicea, obviously. But there was a church in Laodicea that, that John wrote these, these words to. But if you go like now that we have the benefit of being past all of these things, we can go back and we can look and we can say, okay, what it says about the church in Ephesus at the beginning of chapter 2 that was true of the church in the first century. Okay, there were some things in there that was true of that actual physical church, but it was also true about that time period, like a couple hundred years of church history. The things that it says about Ephesus was true of them. And same thing with Thyatira and Smyrna and Pergamos and all those. We can go back and we can look, now that we are past all of it, we can go and see, okay, this was talking about an actual church, like a physical church that was meeting, but it's also talking about a period of a couple hundred years of things that were happening during this like time in church history. And so when you get to verse 14 of chapter 3 and it talks about unto the church of, uh, of the Laodiceans, right? And he goes on, listen to what it says about Laodicea and think about, so there was an actual church called Laodicea that had some problems and you'll hear about them in just a second. But also think about how it pertains to the church today, not just like the lost world, although it does that too, but think about how it pertains to uh, the church in 2023, not our church, hopefully, but the church in general. So verse 15 says, I know thy works, that thou art neither hot or no, neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. Okay, that describes uh, this time frame, right? People in general, people in, in the church, like worldwide in the church, people who are saved in general are not, they're either like totally... They're not like on fire and super excited to tell people about Jesus. There are some people that are that way. But in general, churches are, uh, they're looking to grow in numbers. Like they want more people to come to their church. They want more money so they can build more buildings, so they can build more campuses, so they can do all those things. But uh, it's not necessarily so that the gospel goes forth. Uh, in some cases it is, but there's not a lot of churches and a lot of people, like a lot of Christians that are just like on fire for the Lord. I'll tell anybody about Jesus at any time. This is what I'm passionate about. Uh, there's also not a lot of Christians that are just totally indifferent about, or totally uh, like cold towards God. Verse uh, 16 says, So then, because thou art lukewarm, like in the middle, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Like most Christians, they like coming to church on Sundays if they have like a cool, you know, band and they have a cool... Uh, pastor and like they like the coffee shop and they like the you know friendships that they have and they like they like it when their church does things like a softball league or you know they, when they have a cool like Christmas program for the kids like they like those kinds of activities they like it when there's things going on at church that are that's interesting to them 
But when it comes time to like, hey, we're going to get together and we're going to like do some hard, we're going to do some hard work. We're going to put together Bibles, right? All week long. It's not going to be about, you know, a bunch of other things. It's going to be about putting Bibles together. And then we're going to take those Bibles on a trip to Uganda. Who wants to go to Uganda on this mission trip? We're going to distribute Bibles. We're going to tell people about Jesus. Like that's our goal. We're going to try and plant a church there or something like that, right? I mean, for the most part, churches just want to, you, people want to go and they want to be entertained and they're, they're interested in that church provided that that church can provide them with some entertainment, right? And some, like, they can walk out on Sunday afternoon, they can feel good, uh, you know, they, they got to get out in time for, you know, kickoff, they don't want to miss anything else, they don't want to, like, be inconvenienced in their life. Uh, so they do want to go to church, but only to the extent that they get something back out of it. That's the lukewarm mentality that, that this verse is talking about. And that's, that's like most churches in America specifically, but churches worldwide, a lot of them are that way. Okay, so then in verse 17 it says, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Uh, we think, we being Christians, hopefully not we in this room, but Christians in general feel like we got everything we need, right? I mean, life is pretty comfortable for the most part. I mean, I'm not saying everything is peachy all the time, but for the most part, we have a pretty easy life, right? I mean, it's not, uh, you know, hard labor. It's not like struggling to survive. I mean, most people, uh, even most people in the world are not struggling on a daily basis to find clean water and food and decent health care. Like, I know there are places that that's a problem, but for the most part, the world is like civilized enough that, uh, that that's not a huge problem in most places. And so we feel like, Everything's fine. Like, what do we need God for? When things are going terrible and, you know, people are dying left and right and, you know, the average age is like 30 years old and then people are dying and like how it was, you know, a few hundred years ago, um, that's not really the way people feel, right? There's, there's a totally different, uh, totally different vibe whenever things are kind of going good and we just feel like there's not, I mean, we don't need God for anything. We have everything that we want and everything that we need, um, and so that's kind of the mentality. But in reality, even though we feel like that way sometimes, the reality is we're not rich. Uh, you know, we're not increased with goods physically, yes, but but we are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked spiritually, yes. Isn't the earth the third planet from the sun? Yes. So every country is a third world country. I heard that earlier. It's a third planet country. I don't know if it's a third world country. This is this is the world. This is not the third world. Mercury is not a world. It's a planet. There ain't a world going on there. You gotta have life to be a world. Anyways, just saying. Number verse eighteen. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with isav that thou that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. So God is is counseling us, like to seek after Him for gold, for uh, not physical gold. Like we're not interested. We shouldn't be interested as much in like physical, uh, like earthly money and possessions. He's not talking about that here. Uh, seek after me to to find gold, to find things that will make you truly rich in eternity. That's the things that he's counseling uh, the Laodiceans to buy. 
Um, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him uh, and sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. All right, and then in verse 1 of chapter 4, this is the, this is the point where we're going. We're almost out of time, so I'm going to make it fast. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Okay, without going too much further, uh, if you read other places in the Bible, if you read... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. If you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians 15, 52. Um, there's a verse in 2 Thessalonians. I can't remember what it is. Um, but there's other places, if you cross-reference that out, uh, this is talking about the rapture of the church. There's going to be a trumpet that sounds. like, uh, and, and Christians are going to be taken uh, out of this world. Right? This is a, an event uh, yet future. But the very last thing, so after the church age, after the church of Laodicea is described, the very next verse says that this trumpet happens and it says, come up hither, right? One day, hopefully soon, we're going to hear that, okay? The reason I'm pointing this out or the thing that I thought was, was um, maybe hopeful, hopefully helpful to you guys to hear about this, we're in the Laodicean church age, okay? We are in the last church age. And I know that some of you guys already know that. But like all of these periods of church history from you know, the time Jesus rose from the dead in you know, 30-something A.D. all the way until now. So almost exactly 2,000 years ago, he rose from the dead. Um, in that time, there's been seven different church ages, right? We are in the last of the seven church ages. Meaning, like the time for the church age to, to end is coming soon, right? Like, at least we're in the last of it. Like, we don't know exactly when it's going to happen. But the next thing that's going to happen, uh, as far as, you know, the, the church history uh, timeline, is that the church is going to be raptured out. And so uh, what that means is there's not going to be any more time to tell people about Jesus, right? Accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior that we talk about all the time, the opportunity for that will come to an end soon. We don't know when. Uh, but it's coming soon. And, uh, you know, each day it gets closer and closer and closer because there is like a set final deadline uh, that that happens. And so this whole like series on discipline and the whole reason that uh, that I'm, I'm trying to help you guys or I'm trying to encourage you to be more disciplined in your relationship with the Lord, for one, obviously, is for you guys to grow. Like I want you guys to grow in your relationship with the Lord, to know more about Him, like to understand His Word more, to memorize scripture, to pray, like all of those things are important. And I, I like, I want you guys to do that. But the main goal of that, in addition to having a relationship, a better relationship with the Lord is that you tell other people about that, right? That people see that there's something different about you, whether it's praying over your food at school, whether it's asking someone if you can pray for them, whether it's you carry your Bible to school with you or weirder, weirder than that, you carry your Bible with you to the grocery store or a football game or something like that. Like just something different that people see that you have an opportunity uh, to share the gospel with them. Because I think if the more we can like put our focus on the fact that at some point, there's going to be an end to our opportunities to tell our friends about Jesus, right? And I think all of us probably would say that, yes, we want our friends to be saved. We want our friends to spend eternity in heaven. We don't want to see our friends spend eternity in hell. Like, 
those are things I think most of you guys probably would want. Those are things that I would say that I want for my friends as well and my family members. But the more we can focus on, like, there's going to be a day where they don't have that opportunity anymore. Or, like, if you aren't saved, there's a day that you won't have that opportunity anymore. And so the more we can kind of get our focus off of, like, all the things that are going on in our life and remember that someday, we don't know when, uh, but very likely in your lifetime, maybe in my lifetime, uh, there's going to be a day where, like, a trumpet's going to sound and we're going to be out of here. And after... After chapter 4 of Revelation, you don't see the word church in the Bible anymore. Uh, the church is gone from the Bible in Revelation chapter 4. Uh, now, the church does show up later on. The word church is not in the Bible anymore. Uh, the, the church shows up at the very end of Revelation, if you read, uh, I think it's chapter 21. Um, but the reason that the church is gone is because all those crazy things that happen in the book of Revelation, uh, all like the weird stuff, like we're not here for that. That's, that's for uh, the people that are... Um, that are still here on the earth. And so um, if you read Revelation, it's got a lot of crazy things going on in it, but I really, my main focus or my kind of my devotional uh, application for my reading, my personal reading, is just to remember that like there's, a, there's an end coming to the time that we have to tell people about Jesus. And all this talk about discipline, I mean, really it doesn't matter how disciplined you are. Uh, like, it does matter, but I want... Like, I want people around you to see that there's something different, right? If I, if I started this 30-day tracker and no one around me even recognized that there was a difference, like, that would be weird, right? Like, I mean, Brenda knows that, there's, that I'm doing this because she sees me doing it, right? I know that she's doing it because we talk about it. And she tells me about people at work that she was able to pray with. So, um, you know, use it. I want you guys to do it so that you build, like, the habit and the routine in your own life. But use it as an opportunity to tell other people. I mean, it could be other people in church. Maybe you practice with somebody that's in the junior high class that doesn't know what we're doing. You can share with them to kind of practice, um, you know, like telling other people and having like kind of weird conversations, right? It's weird to tell people, hey, can I pray for you about something? That might be weird if none of your friends have ever heard you talk about praying before. So uh, anyways, hopefully that was somewhat encouraging to you. Does anybody have any questions about that? Concerns, comments? Yes? Oh, my gosh. I just should have known. What? I don't know. Probably not. It's like five weeks away. It's too far in advance. Yes. Preaching at Bible conference. Randy is preaching Thursday. Um, or Wednesday, I mean. Thursday, I think, is Alan Johnson. Friday is Tony Godfrey. Saturday, daytime is Sam Miles. Nighttime is Gary Berry. That's Brian Berry's dad, the missionary to Ireland. His dad has a church in Belton. He's going to be here. Uh, Sunday morning is Alan Johnson again. And then Mace, uh, he's been here before. You'll recognize him. Uh, I think his picture's hanging up in the missionary wall. You can look at him if that helps. Uh, but he does a lot of Bible transportation to different places. Uh, but cool thing for you guys, I just found out today, Mason, the guy who spoke at camp, he's coming and he's leading praise every night. So him and his whole family, his wife will be here and his kids will be here and he's leading. I think, I assume his wife will probably help him lead praise because she also sings, but he will be leading praise every night at the Bible conference. So next Wednesday, no class up here. Yes. No class next Wednesday. Yes, we're putting together five. 
Yes, we're putting together 5,000 Spanish Bibles and 30,000 Spanish John and Romans. So there's a lot of work to be done. So come put your hand on some Bibles. If you guys have done it before, I don't think you've done it before, Shane. Bryce, you probably, Bryce have you done it before? Put together Bibles? No? You guys should come. You, you haven't put together Bibles before. You probably haven't done it either. Have you done it before? No. You should come one of the nights at least. Yes, there will be dinner every night at 5 o'clock. There will be lunch on... There's lunch on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Which I know you guys are in school on Thursday and Friday, but... Okay. All right, any more questions? No? Great. Let's pray, and we'll be done 10 minutes late. Dear God, thank you for this evening. Thank you for, again, God, just this uh, study on discipline and just a reminder, God, that um, that all of us need to be more disciplined in our life, especially when it comes to our relationship with you. God, I pray for these habit trackers. I pray that they are uh, just helpful tools that can be used to remind us or encourage us or to uh, maybe just give us a reason to do the thing that day when we don't feel like doing it. Um, God, I just I pray that through this 30 days and beyond, God, that we would not just be tracking it just so we can color a piece of paper, God, but that we would be ultimately doing it so that we can have a better relationship with you. And God, then ultimately that that leads us to uh, people around us noticing, seeing that there's a difference in us and um, God wanting to find out what is different about us. And so I just pray that um, this time would just be or this uh, this month of doing this, God, would just be kind of the start to something and not uh, the end of something. And uh, just ask your, your blessing on the rest of our week as we uh, finish up our week of school and work. And uh, i got to pray for the Bible conference that starts next Wednesday. And i uh, got just all the Bibles that are going to be put together. I pray that you would just bring us together and help us to uh, lay our hands on the Bible. And God, to know that those are going to be in the hands of people who have never owned a Bible before is just a... This is a cool thing. So, God, I pray that you would just get those Bibles where they need to go. Help us to be good stewards of uh, our resources that we have. In Jesus' name, amen.